Under Centre podcast. I'm your host, Darmar, and I am joined, as always, by two of the only members of the Deshaun Kaiser Irish fan club, Vion Malai and Jake Woolhead. Lads, it's Super Bowl week. Are we excited? Yes and no. I'm excited for the Super Bowl, but I'm not excited for months and months and months of no sports for Jake. So, uh, yeah, a bit bittersweet end to it for me. Mm-hmm. And one day is my personal Super Bowl of not being able to take off work but having to stay up to watch the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> That's going to be a big slog for me, but I'm really excited to stay up and watch it. Oh, no, I definitely made sure. I think that was the, the first holiday day I booked in at the start of the year was uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl, making oh. sure that I can stay stay up to watch it. With the pandemic, we all have about 2,700 holiday days to take anyway. So. <laughs> Jay, take, take it off at the start of the year. Please. Yeah, you know, take, 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 take it, take it. Oh, that's it. Do you, do you want the week? Do you want the day yeah. before it as well? Do you, do you want, oh, we'll give it to you. It's fine. Please it's don't fine. make us pay you at the end of the year. <laughs> and which, Jake, you're right. It is a bittersweet time. Like It is the Super Bowl. It is the biggest game of the year. But then you also have that thought in the back of your mind, like, okay, now we're like six months away from the next time we see a game of football being played, which does suck. So we're going to have to make the most of it on Sunday while it's there. Yeah, I don't know if you follow any other sport. I don't. I, I might watch a bit of soccer for gambling, but generally I have no interest in it. I watch the no. Canadian football when it comes because I literally just want to see That's really ball. It's horrible. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> Well, speaking of egg-shaped balls, like, would you not be interested, say, watching maybe a bit of rugby then? Yeah, I'll watch a bit of rugby now and then. Like, I'll watch the yeah. Six Nations and stuff like that, but I wouldn't be watching real, like, local matches. I don't really have the interest in it, but the Six Nations does be good crack. Yeah, yeah. Aussie, uh, well, that's, Aussie Reels on YouTube. <laughs> there we go. Uh, there we go. Look, you got basketball there if you want to watch some American sports. That's, there's always a game on, like, every hour or something. Yeah. Like, they play, like, every every day. Um, I try to like a friend of the show Ian Kelly he tries to get me into ice hockey there now at the moment I'm trying my best to but it's uh, it can be tough at times especially when you haven't got a clue of the rules and stuff <laughs> like this about what's going on sort of how he feels when he watches football with me he hasn't mm. got a clue about the rules so you know we'll educate each other and we'll, we'll you know we'll get through and you know when we have the podcast do every week and we have the type of guests that we hope to have in the off season that'll keep us busy as well but uh, we do, in this show anyway, is going to be actually a little shorter than usual. And that is because we will have an extra podcast for you this week. Uh, it'll be coming out this Friday. Uh, we had the opportunity to preview the Super Bowl in greater detail with Dana O'Gorman, who is a writer for Air Turf Football. So that podcast will be, like I said, out on Friday. Uh, so on today's show, we'll be talking about some news. Uh, we'll be going back on that quarterback carousel. And we'll talk a little bit about Sunday's game and give our prediction for it as well. But before we start talking football, if you are watching this on YouTube, it would really help us out if you were to like this video, share it uh, on your social pages, and subscribe to the Dynamo Podcast Network. The Dynamo Podcast Network is the home of so many great podcasts. Uh, when you're finished with us, go check out all the other shows that are available that include wrestling shows like the four pod men or retro movie shows like the retrotainment podcast and while you're at it why not follow us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash under center pod we're twitter at under center 
Center Pod, Instagram at Under Center Pod, and also we are on TikTok as well at Under Center Pod. So pretty easy to find us there if you uh, want to follow us on any of those channels. But first on the docket, we're going to talk about the quarterback carousel that we were on there just last week because Matt Stafford has been traded to the LA Rams from the Detroit Lions in exchange for Jared Goff, a third round pick in the 2021 draft and a first round pick in 2022 and 2023. A high price to pay for a player like Stafford, but it seems to be more as compensation for the contract of Goff that the Detroit Lions are going to have to take on. But lads, what did you make of the move? Yeah, no, I, I kind of like, it is a high price to pay, but you said it yourself there, it, you're paying that contract. I, I just said Stafford is probably worth one first, a late first or something, but the extra first, we all knew it. We said it a couple of weeks ago that the Rams might end up paying for Goff's contract and they did, they paid a first round pick for it. I know, I don't know if it bothers the Rams too much. They don't seem to like them very much, so... They might, might might as well get Stafford out of it. I think the trade kind of is good. It might give Goff some kind of uh, another boost with the Lions. It's not looking good, but at least that. And then the the, the Rams have probably two years left of uh, Stafford's contract amongst other huge contract players. So this is kind of their go for it or go home kind of phase. They have the two years. They won't be able to pay everybody. It's, it's going to go uh Open smoke, the team's going to fall asunder in two years, so why not try to get a Super Bowl out of it in the meantime? Yeah, Jake, I think the thing that stood out for me the most is what you mentioned to do with the contract. And like you said, the cap space that the Rams are under and the pressure that that brings along and the fact that Goff hasn't necessarily performed in the way that they thought. We have discussed previously, I think, that nobody could really say he was necessarily a bust. Obviously, the first pick in the draft, you would hope he shined more than he did but he's been consistent and showed flashes of good play and unfortunately had too many flashes of bad play so I can see why they want to move on for them Stafford is an interesting choice he brings consistency without necessarily being an obvious improvement on either the stat sheet or on the eye test of you go yeah he definitely does something that the Rams want or the Rams need and I think like you mentioned his, the biggest draw for the Rams is that that contract is going to be significantly less expensive than the golf contract. So when they're going to come to this restructuring phase, they have so many massive contracts, as you mentioned, some really top-notch players have those contracts. I think they've paid their players well and to market value, but if they want to keep that team together, like you mentioned, I think Stafford is a good move. It's downsizing the cost without sacrificing too much on the ability side. Yeah, I would have yeah. thought Stafford is probably even an upgrade of, uh, like above Goff. I think he's a bit more consistent, as you said. He's definitely uh, a player I prefer over Goff myself. Yeah, I mean, he definitely he has a lot of benefits. He's by no means a bad player, but he's not. I would have said one of the marquee, uh, one of the marquee quarterbacks that was on the market at the at the moment. So uh, definitely an upgrade. Definitely gives them. I don't think you'd be upset as a Rams fan to see that quarterback change, but also they didn't go and get Deshaun Watson. This isn't Deshaun Watson they're bringing in. This is a steady, consistent guy who is shown to be capable, who was shown to be able to play with top drive receivers. He had Megatron. They didn't blow the, the world apart, but him and Megatron had an excellent collection. So if you can give him some weapons, he knows how to deal the ball around. And that's really, I think, when you have a team based around your defense, and I think they're hoping also to bring that run game much more 
strongly than it has been in the last couple of seasons. It's waned off quite badly. Uh, I don't think you need a, a superstar quarterback. You just need a guy who's going to manage the game. That that term that all the fans hate, that game manager, who's just going to get you to the end of the game without losing. That's all you need in the NFL. It's just about the Ws. doesn't matter about points. There's no style extras. There's no bonus points for deficits on a win. You just got to get there. But the one question I would ask is, Stafford hasn't got much experience in the postseason and is that going to harm them if they get as far as they did this year? That could be one question that we'll have to keep an eye on for Matt Stafford. Yeah, I find it interesting that I think that some questions are going to have to be answered by the Rams uh, in terms of Sean McVay and uh, was it Les Snead as the GM there now as well? Because 18 months ago, they gave Goff this huge contract. And obviously, they like you don't give a player a contract like that unless you're in total agreement, the GM, the head coach, and the owner as well, are all in agreement that this player is doing exactly what we want him to do. And and we want to continue that on. So how in, in the in the course of 18 months, well, one season effectively has things gone so wrong for Goff in the eyes of Sean McVay that he went to even an unknown rookie or second year player, I should say, in John Wolford uh, to be the guy who was going to... Uh, try and make a run for the Rams to the Super Bowl this year because he was going to play in that Green Bay game if he was fit anyway. So I, I wonder, like, what is it, do we have to ask questions of, of the, the GM and the head coach in this regard? Yeah, well, I would have said, like, usually they are on the page when they're given, on the same page when they're given contracts this size, but it seemed like McVeigh just really quickly lost trust in Goff. Like, there was a lot of times during the games that he wasn't putting the, the game in Goff's hands. He was just letting the run game take it over or giving, you know, the, the short, easy passes or something. Just manage the game rather than take the big risks with Goff. I just don't think he had any faith in him whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. I think... I think you're right there. You definitely have to look and and analyze what somebody took a punt on Goff and assumed he would get better from where he was because I think the stats will bear out that he hasn't played any worse than he did, as you mentioned. It's not like in 18 months he's fell off a cliff. He stayed exactly where he was, maybe a, a tiny bit better in certain aspects of his game. I know, as we said before, that's not where you want your first round draft pick to be. You want him to be a superstar, but like you mentioned, it's not like he disappeared out of nowhere. He didn't play horrifically. He didn't have 30 turnovers like Winston or anything bizarre like that happened to him. And he stayed mostly healthy until the end of the season. So it was an interesting move, I feel like, to, to get rid of him, having given that massive contract. And I think it must be down to the, the head coach. I don't think the owner or the GM having paid that much money would be able to justify letting them go. I think it must have taken serious convincing by McVeigh to say, I'm not going, I'm not playing this man. So you can keep him and pay him the big books if you want, but I'll play anybody behind him. I don't want this man as my quarterback anymore. And that for me is the only reason why they would let him go is if the coach completely lost faith. And that's an interesting take there that you say that like maybe, maybe McVeigh did say that, I'm not going to play him either way. So either you have a very expensive bench player or not. And the ownership decided to side with the head coach 
Whereas on the other side of things, if we go back to Doug Peterson's dismissal at the Eagles, he, you could probably make the argument, he probably said to ownership, I'm not playing Wentz anymore. So it's up to you to either move him or let him like effectively rot on the bench. And then ownership just decided, well, we're going to get rid of you and bring someone in who was actually thinks uh, Wentz can be uh, the star for, uh, for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah, that's yeah. something Deshaun Watson's looking at as well, saying, oh, maybe I want an owner who sides more with their quarterback than they does with the hedge coach. And clearly that's not the, the case at the Texans at the moment. Well, nothing is the case with the Texans at the moment. He's been firing everybody at the moment, but maybe that is what he's looking for in his next team. Sorry for cutting you off, Jake. No, I was probably going to very much say the same thing as you. Um, there's like been reports now of uh, Deshaun Watson said he's going to sit out the 2021 season if he doesn't get a trade. So we don't know even know where the Texans are going to go with it because I don't know who's going to pay the price for Watson after seeing what Stafford costed. I just think because i seen today that they wanted, um, I think, two defensive starters plus a high draft pick or two. Like, that's crazy. Like, you're hamstringing your team seriously if you're losing two defensive starters and your first-round picks. You can't even replace them, guys. And then we heard that uh, the Raiders are in the mix for, for Deshaun Watson now. Where did that report come from all of a sudden? We've never heard it. I don't think they have the firepower to pull it, but, you know, crazy things happen in the NFL. Yeah, and while we're, well, that actually brings us along nicely to the next player I wanted to talk about because it seems as though, yeah, the, uh, everyone in the media is coming out with the same story at the moment, and that is that the Raiders are shopping Derek Carr. So uh, John Gruden has finally, it looks like, made his decision that Carr is not going to be the man going forward for him. Uh, and obviously Deshaun Watson is an obvious choice in the eyes of probably all of us here. Now, whether they have the... Um, the uh, actual draft capital to send on to them. I think, do they have an extra first round pick this year because of the Khalil Mack deal? I think I was think, that. I think they do. Yeah. So they there. So they do have some um, draft capital to send there. And for like Derek Carr is not the worst QB in the world. Uh, he would be. A, he would be an upgrade if to I believe anyway. If they were to if you compare it to say, I don't know, say if Jimmy G was to go or Tua on the Dolphin side to go, I think out of those three, I think Carr would be the best option. Uh, so well, what do you think? Do you think that maybe Deshaun Watson in Vegas is, is something that could be a possibility? Yeah, I just like these crazy possibilities of where teams are going to go with these trade opportunities. Like, I feel like it's too early to give up on Tua. He was a first-year quarterback. You know, he had a lot of turmoil going in and out of the game with Fitzmagic. So I just feel like, for me, that's too early to give up on him. But maybe if you can acquire Deshaun Watson, or well, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't be going after Derek Carr if I had Tua on the team. Um there's just like some other teams definitely I, if I was the 49ers I'd be looking to upgrade a, a quarterback and Derek Carr we all know he's a decent quarterback he's definitely better than Jimmy G that's for sure yeah I agree and one thing I think a lot of teams are going to wait and see unfold is the draft and that's not necessarily a hot take but I think we'll have a much clearer picture of who even needs a quarterback as well as who would want a quarterback and as we we mentioned today and the listeners will hear in our interview with Dana, we touched on as well is that the price that just happened for Stafford has dramatically impre- increased any price that someone that the Texan could ask for Watson. And that's going to hamper any trade. So all of a sudden 
where most teams would want a quarterback like Watson. Now most teams can't get a quarterback like Watson because we've talked about the amount of just even purely the first round picks you have to give up just to get them. It's going to make it difficult. And I think we need to see where the cheap quarterbacks of the draft land and who is left with a, with a whole, like you said, maybe the 49ers who don't necessarily pick super high and have guys ahead of them who are going to pick the really top class quarterbacks from this year's draft to see who's in a position that could even make a move. And let's not forget Watson wants out. So if he can convince the Texans to take a little bit less after the draft, if the, if the Texans start to get desperate, I think then we might see a few more teams just slowly start to creep back into the realm of possibility in getting Watson. Okay. And one other name that I want to throw at you guys before we, we hop off the carousel here is uh, one that we didn't mention last in the last show, Andrew Luck. Uh, now, we all know that he's retired, but there was an interesting report happening uh, just today. Uh, and it's, it's kind of it's, it's kind of convoluted. So let me just explain it here for a second. So uh, a popular Indianapolis uh, sports radio show received a message from a listener who claims, well, not claims, he did send a screenshot of a text exchange. What he is claiming is his wife, his wife's friend is best friends with Andrew Luck's wife. And they had, they got this text exchange from Andrew Luck's wife and the friend, which claims that he's missing the game so much. He's not the same person now that he's not playing anymore. And he has a meeting with Jim from the Colts, Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts. Now, it's you. It could be usual off-season rumors when it's because it was the same last year. Andrew Luck's going to come back. He's going to go back to the Colts. But we did think Stafford was a candidate to go to the Colts. They have that QB spot open now at the moment. I can't see them going for Deshaun Watson. They won't like we were like you just mentioned, Fionn. The, they don't have the draft capital available to make a deal that would be favorable in the Texans' eyes anyway. Maybe, I know Derek Carr's name just popped up. They might go for Derek Carr, but what do you think? Do you, like, do you ever see a possibility that Andrew Luck could change his mind and come back and be a, a cult again? This is probably going to come back to bite me in the ass here, but I feel like this is, I've said it before, uh, often there's no smoke without fire. This feels like there's smoke coming out of somebody's backside here. <laughs> this like this reads like my neighbor's dog's cousin's sister has a, a contact in the Colts who also knows Andrew Luck, and they've been meeting in secret clubs or something. It's just too much for me. Like If I hadn't been Andrew Luck was texting my friend, or maybe it's a little bit more believable, but there's too many chains or links in this chain for it to be plausible and I just don't think he's gonna come back at all like I can't see it happening no I agree with you Jake I feel like if there's any chance or if if the meeting say is even true between Ursay and look it would not surprise me if that's a kind of standard meeting that happens once a year just to double check look your contract is still valid we still have your name are you sure are you sure Maybe he wants to come back as a coach, get back into football without necessarily playing. The rumor is always going to be out there as long as he's of an age where he still could compete with other quarterbacks. 
who knows what standard he would get if he came straight back. That's debatable. Some guys can come back pretty good after long layoffs from injuries. Other guys are never the same again. We, there's too many unknowns for that. But yeah, Jake, I completely agree with you at this point. There's way too many. We're way too far removed from any of this for it to be even likely, I would say, that this is true. Yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you now that the, the sort of, I don't know, the, the, not the cynical, but, you know, the, the story, the story guy, the author in me would love this uh, to actually be true and for Andrew Luck to come back after taking two years out. Because um, obviously everyone's, everyone knows about that footage of him walking down the sideline. Uh, I think it was during the middle of a preseason game in floods of tears because he had just told people that, yeah, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm done. I'm not coming back. You know, and and that's it. The type of player that Staff, or that, I was going to say Stafford and Luck is like you. We've heard next to nothing from him since he's retired as well. He he is notoriously quite uh, like keeps to himself quite well. So uh, I we haven't heard anything, and I I wouldn't expect him to come out and address these rumors just like he didn't come out and address last year's rumors either. So it it'll always be there uh, in the background because obviously no one addresses it. So, and as long as that quarterback position is available to the Colts, we will always speculate about it. So, but we'll see. And, you know, I probably agree with you guys. I don't think he will come back, but it's nice to have the idea that he might, you know? I mean, it's worth remembering. He went to Stanford as well. This isn't a guy who would struggle to find something else to do outside of football. He's got plenty of brains got plenty of people around him. He could definitely figure out something to do to keep himself entertained other than playing football, if that's what he really wants to do. Definitely, definitely. Uh, we'll move on, though, and we'll hop off the carousel for another week because I'm sure we'll be back there pretty soon. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Again, guys, we will have a longer preview of the Super Bowl out this Friday when we speak to Dana. But I want... a brief sort of description from you guys where it, the areas that you think this game is going to be won and lost this weekend and then after it we'll get into our prediction so Jake uh, uh, Jake yes I'll start with you where do you think this game could be won and lost on Sunday? I'm, I'm going for me uh, I think this the biggest matchup um, group matchup would be the Bucks D-line against the Chiefs O-line I think the Chiefs O-line is fairly injured at the moment although they've held up quite well um, but the Bucks D-line has been fairly dominant at getting to the pass. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes, he has this kind of awful habit where sometimes it doesn't pe- bite him, but a lot of times it does where he, he runs back, rolls back, back in like into the backfield and goes too far back and he can't throw the ball. And then somebody sacks him for a 20-yard loss. It's happened a couple of times this season. Um, I'd wonder if this happens again this game. But we're also talking about probably the best quarterback in the league at the minute along paired with one of the better coaches in the league with Andy Reid. So maybe there's a lot of quick passing and stuff but I'm definitely interested to watch this matchup between the the Chiefs O-line and the Bucks D-line. Yeah, I think on my side I'm going to start with the Chiefs and if the Chiefs need to win, they need to do one thing and that's get Mahomes in rhythm, on song, get the Flash plays, the flashy plays, try and confuse this very good Buccaneers defense and kind of encourage them to take what they give them at the start, feel them out, make adjustments, and then attack from there. If you're the Bucs, what you need to do to stop that is to really not just force them to take what you give them, but for force that to be 
short stuff, small stuff. Don't let this team build momentum. And that's where they really thrive. So if you can keep on schedule defensively, I think he can cause the Chiefs problems. On the other side, you need Tom Brady to have one of his stronger playoff games, hit the targets that are available. The Chiefs are a strong defense, but they're not an unbelievable defense. They're probably not the best defense that the Buccaneers have faced this year. So you need to stay on rhythm, stay on pace again, like the defense has to, and just keep motoring. If you're the Chiefs, I think the the protocol or the standard way of beating Brady, which has been established, is you got to get pressure, whether that's on the sides, but ideally straight up the middle. He doesn't have good motion. He's getting older and older. We saw him hoof a few balls up in the air against the Packers down the sideline for jump balls when he was under pressure. So if you can get him off, don't let them stay on their game plan. Tom Brady is very good at staying on the game plan and the Buccaneers are very good if they get to stay in rhythm. Elliot, one thing I'm also excited to uh, look for is just how creative Andy Reid gets with this because we often know he just whacks out these crazy plays that we've never really seen anything kind of like it. Remember the one a couple of weeks ago or months ago where uh, it was kind of like a wildcat. Everybody done a spin around in a circle and the ball went to the running back instead of Patrick Mahomes. It was just the whole thing's crazy. Um, I'm just looking forward to some creative plays like that. I think he did that in the Super Bowl last year as well for Mahomes' rushing touchdown. Yeah, I think he did that against uh, against San Francisco last year. You know, there's one play actually, and I, I haven't mentioned it throughout the whole playoffs, and I think it I think it deserves a bit of attention because I want to see more of it. Is uh, do you remember the the Rams Packers game and the two point conversion by the Rams where they threw the ball, someone caught the ball, threw it backwards. And they got and they went in. I think it was Cam Akers went in for the for the two point conversion. I want to see more of that. I want to see more laterals. I want to see I want to see play being connected up a little more. You know, uh, I think that uh, I think the the Chiefs have actually done it. Was it this year? I think Kelsey did it this year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I'd love to see a bit more of that. It'd make up things a lot more interesting. But for me, I think this war is going to be uh, fought in the trenches. Both lines. Each side of the ball, that's where this game's going to be won. The For me, for the O-line, for the Chiefs, can they protect Mahomes? Can they stop that rush uh, defense, especially on the edges with, with Shaq and JPP? Uh, can the D-line with Shaq and JPP get to Mahomes, keep him in the pocket, stop him from running around, uh, make him, uh, make him uh, throw, make him worried, uh, make sure that they continue as their best rushing defense in the league, make sure that they can't establish any sort of run with Edwards Hilaire, Williams, Bell, whoever uh, decides to uh, run with the ball. And then on the other side, can the uh, O-line help Brady in the pocket and can he help establish the run? Because that's going to be important because if the Chiefs defense can stop the run from the books, it's going to force Brady to throw more than he wants to. And that will tire him out. Like we saw in the NFC championship game where towards the end, he was lobbing these balls up. He had absolutely no energy left and they were getting picked off left, right and center. So that's for me is the important part of the game uh, for sure. Obviously each team's backfields and stuff is very important too, but that's, that's where I think that the game is especially going to be won and lost. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's just going to be a great game overall. Um, 
as you said, like the, the Bucks have to get a run game going and the Chiefs have to stop the run game of the Bucks force uh, Brady to throw these arm punts that we've seen him do throughout the playoffs here. And, and then like even if you look, say the, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo, who I'm very familiar with being on the Giants, but he seems to just turn it on in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. So maybe he whacks out some crazy game plan that handles Tom Brady and the running game of the, the Bucks very handily. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, uh, Chris Jones is that is that main man as well to do it because he has been very good in this playoffs, and especially against the Bills in that AFC Championship game. He destroyed um, whoever he was against on that on that Bills O-line. But we'll move on. Like I said, guys, we'll go in more depth about it uh, this coming Friday w- with Dana. But this is the last game of the season. That means it's our last prediction of the season. Fionn, I'm a game back on you. The best I can do is tie with you to make it even worse for Jake so he can buy us two jerseys instead of one. <laughs> can I just say, I right, did. before we even go on, when I, when I was asking him on the show, nobody said you were doing um, a jersey uh, competition. So I was put in a losing bracket immediately. And now I have to fork out some dosh just to buy Fionn probably a jersey I feel like I should have maybe it should be a weighted payoff or we should have restarted <laughs> I probably would have won a jersey had we started again when I started well but Dara I would propose if you do manage to win this Super Bowl that would put us on a tie mm-hmm. I would argue that uh, you should therefore win not only because your team will have won the Super Bowl but also your Seattle Seahawks won the head-to-head against my Washington uh, football team, so I feel like that's a tiebreaker. I tell you, was by me a jersey, <laughs> a tie, like a weird tiebreaker. We can get we could get Dara to help you out. Sure, yeah, we can we can buy you a Cowboys jersey if you like. Yeah, or I we'll buy you an Eagles jersey. Yeah, that? no problem. I need a uh, some fire starter. <laughs> no problem. I tell you what, we'll do. Right, this this is fully off the cuff here. We haven't talked previously about this, but if I win, right. And it is a tide. And if Fiona agrees to this as well, we'll call it quits so that Jake does not have to buy a jersey for her. <laughs> okay, that seems okay? fair. That seems fair, yeah. Well, we de- we'll do that then. And then, Jake, if you happen to win that 50 euro NFL shop voucher that's going in that <laughs> raffle, then if you want to give it to the winner, you can do that. That's okay. We'll, we won't we won't begrudge that. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that gift. Yeah. <laughs> well let's let's get straight into the predictions guys um uh who so i'm gonna ask who is uh who's gonna win obviously uh i'd like if you can now these won't go towards any extra points or anything like this the only points that are going for is who you think is going to win but this can be an extra, a little fun thing for the end how many points is the team going to win by and who's going to be the uh the super bowl mvp so, uh, Fionn, you are leading. I'll let you start and go first on this one. Okay, so I'm going to start this off. I reckon that the Chiefs are going to win. I believe they will make a comeback of 14 points. I think the Buccaneers are going to get ahead of them. They're going to stay on schedule. But I believe the Chiefs are a momentum team and one of the few teams in the league capable of generating momentum at the flick of the switch. So I think there's going to be a comeback involved. I'd reckon probably two score comeback at some point. And then I reckon the Chiefs are going to win by less than 10 points. I don't know if that's specific enough for you, but that's what I'm going to give my prediction. Chiefs to win. Who's your MVP, sorry? Oh, my MVP. I think you'd have to go for Mahomes in any Chiefs win, really. 
Yeah, I'm going to stick with you on this one, Fiona. It's got to be the Chiefs. I think they have uh, everything you want in a Super Bowl winning team. Uh, better quarterback, um, better offense, maybe lesser defense, sure, but uh, better offensive play caller um, and creative game plan as well. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to have a comeback, a 14-point comeback. I feel like the Chiefs are going to lead for probably most of this game. It's going to force Brady to throw a lot, and then we see what happens when Brady throws a lot. His arm gets tired. Um, he's an old man now, so he needs to run the ball a lot more, and if he doesn't get to do that, it's going to go a lot better for the Chiefs than it will for the Bucks. I feel like uh, if that goes, the Chiefs are going to win probably by more than 10 points, um, and then uh, again, I'm going to agree, it's, it's Mahomes gets the Super Bowl MVP for me. Right, okay. You guys know where I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with the Bucks to win this game. And I feel I, I went with the Bucks in the NFC Championship game because I had to to try and get back in the prediction league race with Young. But I actually feel a little more confident about picking the Bucks this time than I did when they faced Green Bay. It's very, very difficult to win a Super Bowl two years in a row. Not many teams have done it, and for good reason. The team facing you when you are trying to become repeat champions are wanting to beat you more than anything else. They are they want this, especially for a Bucks team that have not uh, be, have not won a Super Bowl or appeared in a Super Bowl since was it 2002, 2003? I think that was the last time they were in it. I, I think that's. Brady, I think that I think the run is going to be very important for the Bucks. I think they will be able to establish the run, especially with with playoff Lenny there, uh, Leonard Fournette, and I think with the likes of like, Godwin and Godwin and Evans uh, and and Gronk as well. Gronk is just heated up at the right time now in the playoffs too. So I think that they have a, quite an inexperienced backfield taking out Tyron Matthew and, and Sorensen as well. Uh, so I think that they can be got at. So I think that Brady and Arians are going to come up with a plan to do it. And on the defensive side, I think um, Todd Bowles is going to come up with a good plan to stop Mahomes because I think just the four guys there uh, on the line are good enough to actually disrupt the O-line of the Chiefs. And um, I think that they will not need to blitz as much as they like to, which means that they can crowd the backfield, which will make it harder for Mahomes to pick his targets. So I'm going to go with a Bucks win. I think they're going to win by about three points. I'd say a field goal if they win be no more than that. And it will be Brady getting the MVP for myself. Sounds like you should at least be able to sleep at night, Dara. I don't know if I agree with all those takes, but, I mean, they're not unreasonable. You don't have to lie to yourself too much about how bad it feels to pick the Buccaneers. I know, I know. Well, look, that's it. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel so bad about picking them this time. And look, if worst comes to worst, I'm going to be down, what, 50 quid or something like that. So, you know, it's not too bad. It's not too bad as long as the bets. If the bets win, then that can pay for your jersey. And we'll all <laughs> we'll all be happy about that. Well, that is it for this edition of the Under Center podcast. Make sure if you haven't already, please like, 
this video and subscribe to the Dinos Podcast Network to be kept up to date when we upload uh, our podcast each week. And of course, be updated for Friday's one with Dana O'Gorman when we uh, will be speaking to her more in depth about the game on Sunday. And don't forget, if you prefer, you can subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget uh, to go get us on facebook.com forward slash uh, under center pod. We're also at Instagram, uh, Twitter, and TikTok at the same username at undercenterpod. You'll find us there. Make sure you follow us. Uh, to we'll be back on Friday with the interview with Dana O'Gorman to preview the Super Bowl in greater depth. Until then, be safe, and we'll talk to you later.